the name of Jesus, amen. Did you hear what Jesus said? If God is your father, then you love Jesus. If God is your father, you love Jesus. That's what he says in the very first sentence of our gospel lesson. Christians love Jesus. They love to be in his presence. They love to gather together and hear his voice. They love coming here into his home. They trust him. They desire to do what he asks. They're glad that he came here to earth, sent by God. They're glad in the gifts that he gives. If God is your father, Jesus says, then you love Jesus. But our gospel lesson also teaches that there are those who do not love Jesus. And since they don't love Jesus, God is not their father. It's a hard thing to think about. But it's true. If you don't love Jesus, God is not your father. Instead, your father is the devil, Satan, the accuser, the murderer, the liar from the very beginning. Those who do not love Jesus love Satan. They love Satan's word even though it is all lies. They love his presence anywhere but here, even though Satan's a murderer. Because they love Satan, they hate God. They hate being in God's house. They hate hearing God's word. They hate God's law, and they mock it and flaunt it. They hate Jesus and cannot bear to hear his word. If God is your father, you love Jesus. If you don't love Jesus, God is not your father. All people, every single one in our world, alive and not alive, fall into one of these two camps. There's no in-between. There's no halfway Christian or halfway pagan. You are one or you are the other. Either God is your father or he's not. Either you love Jesus or you don't. So you see, today's gospel lesson deals with the question, 
of who belongs to God and who belongs to the devil. And our gospel lesson tells us what the difference between the two groups is. And it's really rather subtle. Whoever is of God hears God's word. Jesus says that four times in our gospel lesson. And by extension, whoever does not hear God's word is of their father the devil. Those are not Adam Moline's words, but Jesus' words. These words are spoken in such a simple fashion that no one really gives much thought to their rich meaning. But when we look closely at these words, when we carefully think about them, zealously ponder and meditate what they mean to be of God or to not be of God, we have to admit Jesus is speaking something very important here. For It's true and beyond fighting about that you can not say anything more ultimate, more damning, more condemning to a person. You cannot judge somebody more severely than to say, you are not of God. It's the harshest sentence there is. You could call me a fool or a moron, or an idiot. And it's not as bad as saying, I'm not a Christian. You could tell me, I'm not that handsome. You don't agree with me. You're an unkind person, and it's nothing compared to the horrible, terrible verdict of having Jesus say, as he does in our gospel lesson, you are not of God. That's the worst thing. And so you see, everything that is important hinges on hearing the word, loving the word, receiving the word, keeping the word. The word is what makes us love Jesus. And by extension, the Word is the very thing that makes God our Father.
We preach and teach that reality here all the time. That's our goal, to focus your attention on Jesus through the preaching and teaching of God's Word. Wherever the Gospel is proclaimed, however, we find those who do not wish to hear God's Word. Wherever the Gospel is proclaimed, we find those who wish to follow the devil persistently, so much so that he takes total control and possession over them. So much so, they become more and more wicked, even if outwardly they still seem Christian. That's what we see in our gospel lesson for today, isn't it? Jesus has been preaching and teaching, proclaiming his word. Some, like the disciples, hear the word and gladly receive it. Even some of the everyday folks from the towns and the villages have left everything to follow Jesus, to hear his word. Last week we heard about thousands who followed Jesus into the wilderness with no food or water, all to hear the word. But in our gospel lesson for today, we see some who are very annoyed every time Jesus speaks. In our gospel lesson, we see some who hate God's word and the one who's preaching it and scold him for preaching. Call him a Samaritan, the ancient world's version of heretic. We see some who, upon hearing God's word, say that Jesus is possessed by the devil. They even go so far to say to Jesus, the word made flesh, who do you make yourself out to be? The longer that they talk, the more depraved their reasoning and their thoughts become. Until finally, at the end of our gospel lesson, what do they do? They pick up sticks to beat Jesus. Stones to murder him, to kill him. They seek to kill Jesus. Why? For preaching God's word. They don't open their ears to hear the word gladly. They open their mouths to mock, to accuse, to lie. They are, just as Jesus says, just like their father, the devil, the murderer, the liar, 
from the very beginning. And they seek to do the very same thing to Jesus. We'll see it in just a little while, won't we? Jesus arrested at night in secret. A trial taking place in the home of Caiaphas with no true accusation against our Lord, but lies and deceit. What is the end? Jesus hung on a cross, murdered. Those who love Jesus can claim God as their Father. Those who hate Jesus have an entirely different family. So, what about us here today? Are we any better than those in the olden days? Maybe we also need to honestly examine ourselves. Who is our Father? Do we love God's Word? Are we glad to hear it? To be here in God's house with the body of Christ? Even with large church roles, the sad truth is 75% of our church membership doesn't come on the average week. How's that for hearing God's word, loving God's word, rejoicing in God's word, receiving God's word? Not too good. But even that doesn't strike that close to home, does it? Because that statement is about the other 75%. We're here this morning, aren't we? Sometimes we too struggle to receive God's word, to hear God's word, to love God's word. The couple who often comes to church hears from God's word that adultery is wrong and yet continues living together outside of marriage. The man who comes here to church hears that pornography is sin and yet keeps watching becoming addicted to it. What does God's word say about both of those things according to the sixth commandment? Will you hear God's word? Will you receive God's word? Will you love God's word? Or will you 
self-justify. The woman who spreads gossip over coffee each morning against the Eighth Commandment. Does she hear God's Word, love God's Word, rejoice in God's Word? The man who skips church for fishing or football or shopping or sleeping. How's that for hearing God's Word, keeping the Third Commandment, remembering the Sabbath day? Is that any different than the one who zones off in the pew or continually checks their watch or their cell phone during the worship service? The confirmation parent who stops coming to church once all the sermon notes are filled out and turned in. The Sunday school family who comes only for the Christmas program and nothing else. Does God's word speak about these things? Or, in just a little over a week, Holy Week services, the pinnacle of the church year, 10 services in one week, focusing completely and totally on Jesus. How will the attendance be? Will you hear God's word? Receive God's word? Love God's word? Will you let the Father be your Father? Ten church services? Ain't nobody got time for that. The list could go on. Couldn't it? It's uncomfortable to examine ourselves in this sinful world according to the measure of God's word. What could you add to the list of your sinful nature in regards to your love of God's word? The specifics well, they're not really that important so long as you understand your sin. Your sinful nature does not want you to love God's word. Your sinful nature does not want you to hear God's word to rejoice in God's word. Your sinful nature does not want you to love Jesus. 
Your sinful nature does not want God to be your father. Friends in Christ, what do we do when we are confronted with that reality? Sure, we could try and hide it, but God knows all and sees all. Sure, we could, like those in our gospel lesson for this morning, try and turn the tables. We could accuse Jesus of being unfair. We could accuse Jesus of being too strict. We could ignore all the hard things that Jesus says and focus only on his talk about love and peace and harmony. We could accuse Jesus of being possessed. We can call Jesus backwards, unwoke, unimportant, old-fashioned. We could tell Jesus how long we've been a member of the church or how much money we give. But none of these things really solve the problem, do they? All they are is avoidance of the word. Self-justifying. Attacking God because of our sin. It's like being angry at the judge or the police officer when we get a ticket or are arrested, it won't change the outcome. So what do we do when confronted with this reality? How do we solve this problem of our sinful natures not wanting to hear God's word? We can't just pick up rocks to throw them at Jesus. We can't push him aside. All we can do is repent. Acknowledge the reality about our sinful nature. Hear and believe the word of God in its fullness. In its truth, in its purity. Hear the Word of God, receive the Word of God, love the Word of God, not just its Word of law, but also its Word of gospel, forgiveness, good news. Don't look to your ability to hear God's word for your salvation. Instead, look at God's ability to forgive sins. That's what he tells you about in the word. God, who loved you and sent his son to die for you. 
who sent His Son to live a perfect, holy life for you. His Son, Jesus, who fulfilled all of God's Word, who loved God's Word, who rejoiced in God's Word, who received God's Word, who is Himself the Word of God made flesh. Look to Jesus. Because He went to the cross for all your sin, for your stopped-up ears, for your self-justification, for your sometimes lazy attitude towards the Christian faith, for your zoning out in the pew, for your adultery, for your gossip, for your theft, for your cursing and swearing. Jesus died for all your sin. All of it. Every last bit. Jesus died for you. Christ crucified, paid the price for your sin. And speaking about your sin with his last words, what does he say? It is finished. You are forgiven. The word comes to you to declare that to you. Your ear hears that word and rejoices in it. You love Jesus because what he has done for you. Shed his blood for you, died for you, rose for you. And if you love Jesus, then God is your Father. And if God is your Father, He will surely provide for you, care for you, love you, not just here and now, day in and day out, but for always, world without end. God's Word brings this gift to you. It brings it right to your ear, right into your heart. What a great message to hear. Over and over again. What better news could there be than eternal life, peace, joy, comfort, provision, in a world to come without sin. Christ's blood washes you clean. Christ's word brings you into God's family. Whoever is of God hears the word of God just like you have now heard it. And whoever hears God's word loves Jesus and is loved by him. Now, dear Christian, now 
you belong to God. In the name of Jesus, amen.